We play and call it work. Mini Wargamer Dave here from MiniWargaming.com. Welcome, Wargamers, to the Shrine of Chaos podcast. If you're listening to this live, then you are here with us, and you can possibly win this, the Chaos Havocs that were promised to you. As with all Gifts of Chaos promises, one can only win. There is only one true champion of chaos, each Shrine of Chaos, and that is just the way it is. That is the primordial truth that we must accept. I've been reading some Horace Heresy books, so there's a lot of phrases in my mind right now that uh, are awesome because the word bearers are awesome. I just have to say that. So a couple of things that we're going to do today. First off, if you've never been in a Shrine of Chaos before, this is basically the outline. We're going to be talking about some chaos stuff. We'll be doing a giveaway for today's show. We'll be talking about how elitists affect newcomers into the hobby. I'll be responding to some of the comments and questions that you guys have left on a post that I left a couple of weeks ago because I asked for ideas, and that's what it's going to come to. I'm also going to interact with you guys a little bit, and I'll be telling you some upcoming things that are happening here at the Mini Wargaming Bunker. First things first, though, a huge shout-out to our sponsors. Malicious91, Milashuis91. I know it's malicious. Uh, thank you very much for supporting the Shrine of Chaos podcast. There's also White Metal Games. White Metal Games. Without you, there would be no White Metal Games. By the way, that's a commission painting company. If you guys want to check them out, they support the Shrine of Chaos. Thank you very much for that. There's also Turtle Hacker 107, big supporter of the Shrine of Chaos. Thank you as well. And last but not least is Jack Harrington 2003. So you guys are amazing. If you guys want to become patrons of the show, it shows support for the show, and it shows that we are able to continue doing these things, interacting with you guys, and having these specialty shows over and above the rest of the content that we create. Now, on to this. The Havocs. To win the Havocs later on in the show, it's very easy. All you have to do is be on the show and enter the keyword that I tell you to enter when it comes time to enter it. And should you be one of the people that enters this keyword, you'll be entered into the draw to win it randomly because I calculate it randomly as per the computer software program that does it, that spits it out. It's really fair. It's the Eye of Chaos is fair. The Eye of Chaos. The, uh, the Shrine of Terror. The uh, Galvorback are the first possessed. <laughs> By the way, I have a little bit of a tickle cough, so I apologize in advance for any of the coughing that might happen in your ear. So this is a post that I left not too long ago, and I asked you guys for ideas for topics. Very interesting because it got me thinking about stuff off camera. Instead of interacting with you guys here on the spot, which I will also do in person, I'm, I'm going to respond to some of the things that you left before because it got me thinking. Uh, here's the first thing. First thing that uh, Ray T. Pascalis said, he says, Hey Dave, I'd love to hear about your experiences as a writer, producer, and as an actor. Future projects also. We'd love to hear about the old mini wargaming guard. Are you guys still in touch with Joe and Dan? So that's a lot of meat right there that I can create a whole show just about that. So I'm going to break that up. I'll parcel it up and I'll simplify it. First things first, experiences as a writer, producer, and actor. I love acting in whatever degree I get to do it in, whether it's in a film or in Life of a Wargamer videos or in a battle report, in all different forms of acting. I just love it. I, I really like doing the narrative campaigns where there's role-playing elements to it so that I get to be different characters. That's why I like being the Games Master is because I get to be all the characters except for the player characters. And in some cases, I get to be those two because when I'm doing the narrative, reading the narrative, I get to act out those characters as well. I love it. That, that's just my preferred style. I've always been that way since I was a kid. That actually is what broke me out of my shyness shell as a youngster. I was super shy and quiet all the time, except for drama class. I don't know why. I was just able to do stuff in front of people, and it helped me build confidence as a person and as a human. And then it armed me with all of the social tools I needed to enter the world and to be absolutely crazy and unstoppable in the eyes of chaos. I, I, I just got random. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, apologize in advance. Apologizing again because I'm Canadian and that's what we do. It's a second language. We have a dialect. It's called apologize for everything you do and say. Even if you don't mean to, 
Heck, our substitute word for pardon, excuse me, I didn't hear what you say, is sorry. We actually say that. We say sorry for when we didn't hear what someone says. Isn't that, isn't that weird? That's just what we do. It's cultural. All right, on to the next thing. Are we still in touch with Joe and Dan? Well, for those guys specifically, me personally, I'm, in, I'm still in touch with those guys. Uh, Joe, for instance, for those of you who don't know Joe, just go on YouTube and search for Eldar Battle Tactics X or search for To Field a Demon Prince, which is a short film that we made like 10 years ago. Or search for uh, Karn and the Trigon. That's another short film that we made. Joe is mini wargaming alumni. He is never actually officially has ever been an employee. He was just a volunteer that came in and made videos from time to time. Good friend of mine. He used to live down the street from me. And so we were able to interact and do a lot of collaborations on the regular. He, I bump into him all the time in the city. In fact, a lot of times when I drive home, He's driving behind me and he follows me, not in a creepy way, but in a, he just happens to be going that way. Or at least that's what I'm telling myself. And see, Joe, if you're watching this, then you know what I'm saying. You just got to stop following me, man. Like, come on, you know where I live. Like, You can come over and come for, for a swim in the hot tub all you want. That That's good. Just make sure it's uh, in the wintertime and then we can make snow angels after we jump out of the hot tub because they're melted snow angels and they look 10 times better. Now on to Dan. Am I still in touch with Dan? Yes, I'm still in touch with Dan. I message him from time to time on Facebook um, and I like hanging out with Dan whenever I see him, which is actually rare because he lives way out west on the other side of the country, which is kind of sad. And for those of you who don't know Dan, he used to play orcs on the channel. Search for Mini Wargaming Battle Report, orcs versus whatever, put Dan, put Codex Dan, and then you'll find him. He was a fantastic player. He doesn't play too much anymore. I think he still plays a little bit, but not too much anymore. Um, at least as far as I know. Uh, War Machine is more of a War Machine player. Personally, don't like War Machine, so um, I will never play that game with him. Future projects. I'm gonna get to that later when I talk about the things that I'll be that are that will be coming up later. All right, Stephen Mata says, "I'd love to hear your opinion on the journey from loyalist to chaos." both players and in lore, what do you think the strongest pulls to the chaotic goodness are? All right, so this is actually perfect timing because I just happen to be reading Betrayer right now. As per the suggestion of many Wargamer, especially Jordan Powell, if you're watching this, Jordan, that was the one that kind of tipped it over the edge and made me want to listen to it. I'm actually listening to it, listening to the audiobook. I find it's better listening to audiobooks for myself because I'm able to devour more at a time because I get to do it incidentally when I'm doing other things, such as exercising in the morning or taking my flesh hound Ruby for a walk. I'm able to listen and it's amazing. I get a lot listened to, whereas I would not have otherwise been able to if I was reading it. Still a great experience to read it, but I want to read more because I am hungry for this knowledge. And so I read that. So I'm reading it right now, currently almost done. I already read The First Heretic, which was awesome. That gleaned a new light on the word bearers for me. It was just so cool. And also at the beginning, when for those of you who have read it, or for those of you who haven't read it, this isn't a spoiler, by the way. At the very beginning, the emperor comes in. Well, it's a spoiler in that if you didn't know that he was in the book, he is in the book now. But I'm not going to tell you what he does or the effect that he has on anything else. All I can say is that it was awesome. And I actually felt like I was there as it happened, as he was speaking to Lorgar. And man, was that intense. It was, I actually, what I was doing at the time, I actually stopped what I was doing, which I don't remember what it was because I was so entranced with it. I felt like I was there. And I just listened to the scene play out because it was so enthralling. It was just almost majestic because you hear of the emperor, you know of his existence, you know of his entity, but when you hear him depicted in a book, it just completely adds flesh to the, to the frame that is the emperor. And uh, I have to say this, after reading a few books now or listening, I got to interchange those because reading a book or listening to the book at the end result, the stories in my brain, I, I, I consider it the same thing. Uh, 
in my mind, I mean, he always was the bad guy before, but he's really the bad guy now. <coughs> Excuse me. And I don't care what anyone says. For those of us who are listening right now, I mean, you guys are followers of the Shrine of Chaos. You don't mind hearing such things. We know this is the truth. Lorgar knows that is the truth. That is the primordial. Actually, that's not the primordial. Something else is the primordial truth that uh, he refers to whenever he refers to that, which is pretty sweet. It also tells you of not not that book, which was the first heretic, but this current book, The Betrayer. It tells you. Oh, no. Reverse. It is actually the first heretic where it talks about the Gulf Warback and how they came into being and Argo Tall and his awesomeness that he is. He's the leaders. He's the leader of the Gulf Warback. He's also an amazing. He's also Karn's best friend. And that's really cool to see Karn the Betrayer in a new light. Because in my brain, in my mind, Karn's always been, which he still is and always will be, bloodlust, blood for the blood god, kill Mameburn, death, 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 kill everything in sight, kill your own guys, kill whatever. And that is Karn. That is what he is. But to see his, or to see like his, where he started and to see his interactions with people really humanizes him. And I think it, it has made me like him even more because it really goes into descriptive detail uh, about the butcher's nails and what they do to the world eaters, what they do to Angron, what they do to Karn, and how they affect them. And it's, it's beautifully visceral. That's how I'm going to describe it because it's, you can feel... You can feel all the descriptions come to life. It, it, there's a physical manifestation that happens. And hats off to Aaron Dembski-Bowden for writing these books because I listened to a podcast a number of weeks ago and uh, the, the hosts were talking about him, him as a black library author, saying that his books really help you to understand chaos and empathize with chaos. And he writes in such a way where you're able to understand their perspective and that they recommend reading his books, if you are a lover of chaos, and also even if you're not, just uh, listening to it and seeing the perspective. And that's exactly what I've done because I'm already a lover of chaos, and now I'm an even greater lover of chaos and all things chaos because it's just super cool. And I'm going to start the book club very soon. For those of us who are just hearing about this concept for the first time, not the concept of the book club, obviously, but of the Shrine of Chaos book club, which uh, is kind of like the standing name until something else happens or until there's a better name for it. Um, this is my plan. This My plan is to post a book that I'll be reading and I'll be posting it for, it's either going to be like for a month or until I finish it, really, until I make the, like in the very latest is a month. And then before that, if I finish it beforehand, then I finish it beforehand. So that'll be the book that I post. And then other people, if you have the book, you can read it. If you've already read it, you can reread it. If you don't have it, you can get it. And then, <coughs> excuse me. And then you can post comments about it on the post where I'm posting about the book that I will be doing a book report on. So it's not a battle report, it's a book report. And then we'll be talking about it in either its own series or in a Shrine of Chaos segment or whatever it happens to be. It might start in the Shrine of Chaos and then it can go on towards uh, to be something else. If it's, if, if it's not in the Shrine of Chaos, it's going to have its own format. There's going to be, it, it'll be edited in such a way where you can watch it and still get everything you need to about the book without giving away too many spoilers and hopefully in an entertaining way so that you like watching it and want to watch more and want to participate in the book club. First off, how does this idea sound to you guys? Would you want to be part of a book club? Would you participate? If, and you know what? A lot of ideas have come to mind. Like, what would you want to, what would you want to read? You would make suggestions. We would do polls. We would vote on it. We would read things together. And yes, I would honor it. Even if everyone chose something that I wouldn't necessarily choose as my first choice, I would. But I would do this, though. I would say that anything within this range of chaosy goodness, because I want to do all the chaos stuff first, because that's just uh, what my passion is. And that's what I'm motivated to listen to while I walked my flesh hound ruby. That's what I want to listen to. I want to listen to world eaters and, and things of that nature. That's just me personally. So if you guys have the same desire, let me know in the comments. And if you're listening to this afterwards, leave a comment and let me know. So that's that. That's the tangent off of that one. 
which was the question, which is what he said. Okay, so the, all right. So what do you think the strongest pulls to the chaotic goodnesses are? <coughs> Excuse me. Well, there's a temptation of power, which is, you know, kind of like the obvious one. And I think another one is redemption. That's another strong one too. That's another theme that I've seen. Another one is knowledge. For those that are seeking knowledge, they seek to, they, they, they give their will over to the pantheon so that they can be enlightened. And it's a mixture of a desire for knowledge and curiosity. And also there's a lot of vulnerability there too. And that's a literal thing because they don't exactly know what they're getting into. But they're hopeful that whatever knowledge they can acquire from their pursuit of chaos or the chaos gods, that it'll be better for them. And ultimately, in my personal opinion, it is better for them. But there are some side effects that happen. I mean, most often happen all the time. I mean, I don't think you can go into the warp and come out and not have some sort of side effect. It, there's, it, it's going to affect you some way, whether it makes your brain different, whether you have mutations, whether you have an entity attached to your soul, whatever it is, there's something different that's going to happen from you, which is super cool. I think that's really, really neat. So what's the pull? Now, if you're talking about the, like that, I'm talking about the actual in lore. That's, that's the pull. Those are the ones that I've noticed off the top of my head. There's obviously a lot more, but those are just the ones I'm going to say. Now for players that are playing the game that are pulled to chaos, I'm going to have to say the number one thing for me anyway is the rule of cool aesthetic of the models. So when you look at the models, they look super awesome. When you look at the new possessed in the Dark Imperium book or, or box set rather, it, they look amazing. They look super cool. In fact, they look like how the Galvorback looked in 30k word bearers. It's funny how it all comes full circle. Like they reminded me of that when I looked at those. Uh, it's definitely the aesthetic. You know, you look at it and you're like, man, this is super cool. It's going to be crazy to paint this, but it looks so awesome. I'm okay with that. I'm okay to to wait or take the extra time to paint these awesome because I want it to be. So really cool. That's number one. Number two is maybe you're just tired of playing with the same old vanilla and you want some chocolate. See, that's another player reason why you would go over to Chaos you would just like to, you want a different flavor because if you think about it, if you play a Marine army, whether it's a loyalist Marine or a chaos centric Marine army, either way, they're space Marines, not space Marines in the sense that they're ultramarines and that they are derivatives of that. But I mean, like in its essence, in its, uh, in its simple core, it is a space Marine army. And so it's, you're still playing a space marine army. You still have similarities of that with your weapons and your movements. There's some nuances, of course. Like if you if you collect Death Guard all of a sudden, there's going to be brand new models and units that you're not used to. Or if you're, heck, if you're collecting Chaos just in general, there are also new models and new units that are available to you that aren't available to you when you play Ultramarines or any, or any regular space marine army. But there's still that core... You are a space marine feeling that you're not totally going away from what's familiar, but you're just kind of delving into the little bit of the chaotic unknown. And it's more so a curiosity. And then number three, I think, would be a play style. You want a different play style. You, you want to, you, you, like, here, here's, here's one. Um, Slanesh. Slanesh is a completely different play style than Korn let's say, right? If you like to move fast and have a lot of uh, attacks and kind of ridiculous attacks that do well and that clog up knights, then yes, collect Slanesh. And not just Slanesh, but demons of Slanesh. And there's that too. If you want some demons, you want some demon action, you're going to want chaos. And that's another thing that might draw you away. It's like, hmm, how do these guys play? How do I interact with these guys? I'm fighting against these guys, but actually playing with these guys, and now they're on my side? That's super cool. So I would certainly suggest it. So if people ask me what army should I collect, I mean, the answer is always chaos. It's always going to be chaos because that's what I would prefer. And I believe that there is something for everyone in the chaos space ring range. 
you can have something for everyone. It doesn't matter what it is, no matter what your play style is. Even if, yes, even if it is shooting, if that's more so your play style, you can have some shooty armies that are pure chaos space marine and, and still enjoy life and still be competitive-ish. I'll say ish because it's not the strongest one. We all know it's not the strongest one, but that's if you're a tournament player, which I'm not. And so I would never suggest anything that you would do tournament-wise because really, I can't speak intelligently about it. All I can do is just give you emotional opinions that are founded on prejudice. And I I won't do that uh, unless you ask me personally, uh, like uh, uh, privately. And then I will spill the beans that grow into the chaotic trees and you will know exactly how I feel about all that stuff. Not that it's a bad thing. If that's your cup of chaotic tea, then that's all the power to you. That's just not my personal preference. All right, now on to the next one. That was a good question, by the way. That comment spawned all of that. So thank you. Here's another one. The effect, okay, this is from Sean Sterling. The effect that elitists are having on newcomers to the hobby. I'm getting ready to open the first gaming store in my town, and it is something that will not be tolerated. So let's talk about this for a moment. This is kind of like the main thing that we're going to talk about for a little bit anyway. You guys in the comments, you guys, you followers of chaos, you cultists, you aspiring champions, you chaos lords, all of you, all of you followers of chaos, speak, speak your thoughts so that I can interact with you here. The effects of elitists. Now, there's, I think there's actually a, a few different types of elitists. When I think of elitists, the first thing that comes to my mind is purists. And purists as in the old ways of Warhammer and anything new will never be as good as the old and can never be as good as the old. It actually reminds me very much of Star Wars fans that are fans of the old movies and that anything else that comes out is garbage. And it can never compare it to the old stuff in that any attempt, they might as well not even try because of that nothing else compares. Nothing else is Star Wars. In fact, they get angry whenever new Star Wars stuff comes out. That, to me, I think of that type of elitist uh, first. I think of a purist that way, where nothing else is good. Or when lore changes, uh, it's, it, there's an uh, there's a uprising. There, there's a, uh, you know, it can't be that way. It, it wasn't that way originally. And whatever you say right now doesn't count. And it will always be this way for me. And whoever does it the new way is stupid. And uh, I lose respect for you. That to me is very much the attitude of an elitist. And how that hurts the hobby. Because that's extreme. That's extreme in a negative way. And ultimately, we play the hobby. We do the hobby because of fun. Or at least that's why we should. And uh, that takes out the fun, right? What if there's a new player that comes in and they say, hey, this is cool. Uh, these space wolves, uh, oh, nice, awesome. Wolfen, cool. Oh, all space wolves are, are canines? Oh, okay, cool. Whereas if you have a purist, they're like, nope, that's uh, that's stupid. That That's no good. That uh, wasn't that way before. And now that it's that way, it's ridiculous and you shouldn't collect that army. That hurts the hobby. You can have an opinion that's fine. But to discourage because of personal preference, that's, um, yeah, see, I'm being a very big hypocrite right now because, you know, when I uh, think of Tao, I think that they're garbage and stupid. So I can only just say what I'm going to say. And uh, you know what? Let's talk about it from that perspective. And maybe this comment was a comment in disguise saying that I shouldn't be so elitist against Tao, which will never happen because it'll always be the case. I will always think that the Tau are shooty and overpowered and cheesy and that no one should play them because uh, why play? Just put your hand out and say, good game. That's all we want from you. We just want to sit back and shoot. There's so much more to the game than just sitting back and shooting and boring. That's my opinion on it. I know it's ironic. I just talked about the elitist and I just realized that in this respect, I am an elitist. But only in this respect. This is the only thing. One can't be perfect. One has to have a kryptonite. This is my kryptonite. That's how I'm elitist. All right. Now go on to the actual stuff that we're talking about. Let's see. Elitists are part of every game systems. This is from Shuby. Play the style of game that suits you. I still play those players, though it's usually to test someone's list for tournaments. 
<coughs> Excuse me. I think that's a very good outlook on it, Shuby. I said, I got to call you Tom. You're Tom to me. And I absolutely agree. I think that's good. You know, that's they're going to be a part of everything. It's kind of like trolls. They're always going to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing. They're always going to make their comments. They're always going to be negative. In fact, even if they don't feel the way, they're going to play devil's advocate and just push buttons. It is going to be that forever. So, you know, I think first step to, to dealing with them is just to accept that they're always going to be elitists. Uh, let's see. Doc Kuligan is a huge fan. I'm the 501st and dress up as a stormtrooper. Okay. <laughs> as a, Let's see. Dr. Vulcan, as a former repentant neckbeard, I agree. My model now is that rules come and go, but a good-looking army will always be a good-looking army long after the game is gone. Dr. Vulcan, I absolutely agree with that. I think that's a fantastic comment. That makes a lot of sense. And you know what? More and more, I am appreciating paint jobs, but not just paint jobs, paint jobs based on lore and personal lore elevates that to an even greater height. I think that's really cool. When there's an aesthetic to an army that's done in a specific way and it's done that way because you have a story behind your army, that's super cool. That makes it unique. That makes it so every other chaos race ring army that exists out there, where if they were just left alone, would kind of be like all the rest. And the only thing that would differentiate them would be the level of paint job, which is subjective. But if you make it unique to your to yourself, that makes it that much better. Let's see here. Sinner's Dread says, it is elitist to be annoyed when your opponent sits on their phone while they are playing like we are not in the movement phase. Interesting comment. Okay, so is it elitist to get annoyed when your opponent is on their phone? I think that's just a human thing, right? It depends what you're on the phone for. Are you on the phone looking up rules? Are you on the phone texting your wife who's pregnant and about to go in the hospital? Or your kid who's sick at home? It's all circumstantial, right? For one to say that a blanket statement, it is elitist to be on your phone or to be annoyed by a person being on their phone. I don't know if that's necessarily elitist. I think in a lot of cases... It is inconsiderate to be on your phone when it's not your turn and when it is your turn then to engage, then you're basically playing with yourself at that point, right? That's just a matter of consideration. So I don't think it's necessarily elitist to be annoyed by that. There's certain things that annoy you. To say that would say would would be to say that you get if you get annoyed, you are an elitist because whatever's happening that's annoying you is below you all the time. But we are only human, and I don't think that makes you elitist. That's just my opinion. Let's see. Uh, Tau are dead fishes walking around. Yuck. Doc Hooligans, couldn't agree more. Let's see. Lil Rocker Dude says, have a husky, and I always call her daughter of Fenris. My wife is completely clueless. LOL. It, I, I guess, yeah. I mean, right? That makes sense. I love it when stuff like that happens. That It just spills into our everyday lives, and our lives become our hobby. Shoot him! We're talking about the Tau. Yes! Let's see. Wargamer Spud. Historical people can be very extreme. That's the wrong color blue on his trousers. Ah, okay. See, yes. That's... Uh, if we're talking about that as well, that's that's something else interesting. That kind of spills over into the hobby aspect as well as the lore aspect of this hobby is when you have certain paint jobs on armies that don't act 100% accurately reflect the color of that legion at a specific place in time. Uh, and really, it, see, that that's, to me, that is a form of elitism for sure. Because if you think about it, depending on the lighting that's on your models, it could be the same blue. It could look like the same blue. Um, see, that's one of those irkisms and annoying irritations that really should just you should just kind of brush it off, man. Like, don't get annoyed by that. That's what I would say. That That's not a big deal. Especially if it's a painter just learning to paint. Like, just go easy. Like, there's no need to to be so harsh there. Uh, but if you are painting for accuracy, for historical accuracy, then if that's your goal, then you can accept criticism. Be like, yeah, you know, I was trying to do this. Oh, Okay. Actually, uh, the word bears, they were they were white here at that point. They weren't red yet. 
or whatever it is, right? Or uh, no, it's the other way. They were black. Or no, were they? They were white? No, I'm thinking of uh, world eaters. They were white, and they were so gore-drenched that they became red. That's what I love about them. That was cool. All right, now. Elitist is a silly term. This is uh, vindicatus67. Elitist is a silly term. There are many different play styles, none of which are wrong. Some people love competitive mode. Some love fluff. It's important to ensure that new players identify what aspects of the hobby they enjoy and find the right people to play with, which is the real challenge. You know, that's actually a very good point, too. Uh, uh, If you are of the more, we'll we'll call it elitist type of player where you care very much about the accuracy of the small details of your army, then I actually don't think there's anything wrong with that in and of itself. If that's how you personally want to play, that's cool. Where it com- where it becomes a problem is when there's criticisms of other people's play styles. That's not cool. That's that's where it should be, dude, to, to each their own, right? Like that's my play style and I, I like competitive play or I like narrative play and I like to be accurate with my paint jobs and the lore and whatever's in the army. That's cool. That, you know, that's to each their own. And if you can find like-minded players, that's great because then you can have fun with each other because I think that is much better than trying to convert an elitist type of player. And I think, you know what? Here's the irony. Elitist, it's because we, we kind of think about the, you know, the people who are sticklers for certain accuracies for elitism. But if you think about it, you can also use that term on a person who is casual in their gaming because that is the rule that they live by. They live by the rule of casual. They don't live by the rule of anything else but. And so when anything else in, is introduced to them, they they shut it out and they don't want that. So you could say that they are elitist in their casual gaming, which is a complete 360. <coughs> And by 360, that's my Canadian accent for 180. And that's a different way of looking at it as well. Let's see. Z Mouse as a newer Tau player. Okay. All right. What? As a newer Tau, what's going to happen here? I like to try non-meta things such as Breacher, Rushing, and Cold Star melee builds. I try not to Fireblade, Fire Warrior spin. It's fun to try new stuff. Okay, it's going to take a lot of self-control to say this, but I respect your attitude. Okay, that's the positive thing I can say out of the comment that I just read, even though it felt like dirt in my mouth. That's okay. I forgive you for that. But uh, yeah, that's a good attitude to have. And if we were to apply that with to different armies, that would be a comment that would be beautiful. Uh, in this case, that's that wasn't the case. But again, that's fine. Krillin85, let's see. I love Forge World stuff, but it's expensive. May get some stuff from... Okay, so... Let's see. Ethis says, I get annoyed when my girlfriend sits on her phone while we watch TV. (laughs) Okay, so if you're talking about the phone thing, there is a certain level of engagement that is appreciated whenever people are spending time with one another, right? And the phone really takes away from that, I've noticed. I've noticed that when you're with somebody, whether you're like talking to them or you're just in the same room as them, if you're on your phone, it's kind of like another form of ignoring them, but in a way that is socially acceptable because you're on your phone and you're engaged in something else. But I just find it really odd sometimes when that happens. It's rare, but it does happen. Let's see now. Okay. TechSoldatin1 says, Elitist, not comfortable with what's being said. This label is being applied to a broad range of activities. The only thing in common is someone is annoyed. Can't always control how other people are going to react. I mean, that's true as well. That's a good point. You can't control it. Troxyskydom who is to say they always use the same exact shade of paint in universe? Um, I mean, that's that's true as well, right? 
that's maybe at that specific place in time you can you can be really harsh on that i don't care as long as it's painted i hate playing great armies lol uh it is my only tick see now that's different see i this is all subjective i think it's different because yeah you want to paint your armies because there's a certain level of pride and i want to say appreciation for the hobby and respect for other people's armies and paint jobs that you want to do that to your own so that you are on a level playing field not in terms of the quality of the paint job but in terms of the actual paint job in general i have spent time to have my army painted or to paint it and therefore i am playing with a painted army and that is the standard that i play by and as long as we both play by that standard then we're good so now this is different because when we're making videos of it, that's a totally different thing. If you're playing in your local gaming club and you're kind of building your army as you're going along, that's different because then you, I mean, if you're in a tournament, that's one thing, but if you're just kind of casual gaming, that's cool. When I first started out 12 years ago, I paint, I played with unpainted models. I did. And I remember the switch when we made the switch to not accepting any non-painted models, whether our own or by opponents that came in that drastically cut down the amount of players that we could play against on video because a lot of people didn't paint their armies. And so I think that's always going to be a thing. All right. Tech sold at 10 one. I, I'm going to call you tech one because I'm saying your name wrong. I just know I am. There are some players who will be offended by anything. There are some players with a low capacity for not being annoying. Interesting. And when you combine the two, you get, um, an immovable object that meets an unstoppable force. <laughs> Excuse me. Thomas Shuby says, getting GW to bring back the greatness that was Corn Demonkin. Oh, man. I can't, I can't say enough about that because that was my favorite codex when it was out and about and having fun with the rest of us. I loved that codex. It was amazing. I, I I wish it could come back. It could just come back. Just bring it back. Update it a bit. Cool. Put the new units in. Even better. But just as a basic, bring it back. Bring back the Age of Sigmar Blades of Corn, Or bring back something close to that because that already exists, right? Why can't that exist for 40k as well? That was so awesome when it was a thing, man. So much happiness, so much corn, so much blood, so much throwing your models at your enemies, not caring if they're dying. In fact, being happy when they do die. Oh, just amazing. I get, I get so sad when I, when I hear it and I'm reminded that it used to be a thing. It's not a thing anymore. I want it to be a thing very badly. Please. You know what? I think if we petitioned for it, we could get it. Bring Corn Demonkin back. Is that a thing? Can we do this? What is the power of the chaotic voices, the choir of shouts that are going to be asking for this? How many people can we rally together to get this for us? How many thousands? Can we get 88,000 people saying this? Would GW do it if 88,000 people? Heck, if 888,888 people? Oh, that's even more. In fact, we should do 88,888,888 people. Then that's eight eights. And that's a lot of people. That's more people that know what Warhammer is in the world, though. That's the only problem with that. But yeah, it was a very good thing. Yeah, completely different mood entered here because uh, sadness. All right, let's see here. Okay, here's a good one. Stefan Thomas. Topic. If GW was to release World Eaters and Emperor's Children codexes, what new models slash units slash rules slash legions traits slash warlord traits and stratagems would you like to see for each? Wow. Okay. So that's <laughs> that's another question where that could take up an entire episode. So I will simplify that by saying, well, I was kind of just talking about half of it and kind of talking about the other half beforehand. But what I think would be neat is uh, let's talk about the Legion or the Warlord traits for a moment here uh, in a Corn Demonkin book if they existed. 
I think if it was things that buffed the guy, the warlord, with more, with mortal wounds when he charged, with more attacks and strength when he charged, for auras of helping out his dudes when he charges. For Can you imagine this? Can you imagine if there was an aura of charging that caused mortal wounds that friendly units within eight inches, we'll call it because it's corn, they inflict mortal wounds on the roll of an eight when they charge in just because it's fluffy. I think that'd be cool. I think that'd be neat. D3 mortal wounds. Let's just make it amazing. Let's say it's that because it's not going to happen very often. I mean, it'll happen a bit, but rolling a, a true eight on the charge. Yeah, that would be super cool. That'd be really neat. That That's something I'd like to see. So th- that'd be cool. I think the other thing too would be uh, you just bring in some models, bring in eight bloodletters because why not? Just, okay, I have this kind of hidden under my, my stash of goodies here. At any moment, I can just bring in these dudes and they can plop them on objective. And they're models that don't count towards your points because it's only eight bloodletters. It's just something that'd be fun. And it's something like, okay, there's the last guy there, but you got to watch out for him because he can summon those eight and they don't count towards anything and they might put them on an objective. And you know that your opponent could think that and they would have to make moves to try to stop that from happening. But if you think about it, it's not so powerful that you would have to focus a lot of stuff on it. But at the same time, it could win you a game. So it kind of is powerful. It's potentially powerful. It's one of those cases. The screen have been frozen the whole time. The screen, well, the screen's not frozen for me. Hold on. Can you guys hear me and see me? I just want to know because there are some screen frozen comments. If you can, just say yes, I can see you. All right, Perturabo is the best demon Primarch. Okay, awesome. Thank you, guys. I'm not a this is for Richards. I'm not a chaos player, but I like this show and I respect anyone playing chaos. It is not just mine. However, I do love the dramatic fluff of the Thousand Suns. Well, Richard, then I should okay. I'm going to recommend a book to you. I recommend Black Legion if you like the Thousand Suns. Why? Because it's told from the perspective of a Thousand Sun sorcerer. That's why. And it's super cool. This guy works very closely with Abaddon. And I would actually call them friends. If you can imagine Abaddon having any friends, this is the closest that it would come to. And it's it's super neat seeing the relationship that he has. He's got a lot of respect for him. And he lets him do his thing. Uh, he doesn't have enough power to reach Abaddon's mind and see what he's thinking because Abaddon has a really strong mind. And it's a battle of the wills at that point. Not in the Pennywise kind of way. In the ritual of Chud, that's something different. By the way, I recommend that movie, It Chapter 2, because <laughs> it will terrify you. <coughs> Excuse me. No pun intended. That was good. I like that. Oh, hold on, hold on. There was a good one here. Where was it? Here it goes. Yeah, okay. When I first started playing, I bought a Chaos Lord on Juggernaut, and now that doesn't exist. Great model, but... Yeah, Nomad, that does suck. Charges on charges on charges on charges. Yeah, that wouldn't that be cool if that you know, had a warlord trait in a corn demon book that didn't exist that allowed you to charge after you charge and then you charge after you charge again? <coughs> Excuse me. I think it would also be cool if you could attack twice in the fight phase if you roll an eight on your charge or if you just make a successful charge for that matter. That's a warlord trait. You can attack, you can attack twice. That'd be neat. Why not, right? All right, here we go. Starmex says, There was a time, about six-ish years ago now, where I was in a doubles narrative tournament with a friend. We weren't doing that good, but we were having fun playing until we ran into a blood angel player. Never remembered his name. He was so toxic. Flipping us off, calling our armies cap while laughing. Unless you meant to say crap. And he went and won the tourney with no one calling him out. I had only been playing for a year, and that incident caused me to leave the hobby until about a year ago. That's unfortunate. You know, I don't like hearing stuff like that. That sucks. It sucks how some bad apples just really poison the atmosphere around them, and they make it crappy, make it a crappy experience for other players. That's just not fair. That sucks. Sucks that you had to go through that. 
Um, but to that I say, let us control how we feel by our own dictates and not by the influencers around us. I know it's easy to say after the fact, right? It probably really, the guy's an idiot. It sounds like he was just, it makes sense. So it's kind of like when you play War Machine, you know what? I say that and then I say this because again, being a hypocrite. When I play War Machine, what kind of players did I run into? I ran into those kinds of players where it was like, oh, okay, I don't see that uh, one-tenth of a millimeter? You can't move it there because uh, that's your final movement and you can't reach my guy. Oh, and by the way, um, I didn't tell you this, so gotcha, you're dead now because of a rule that I didn't tell you about. That's the kind of players that I ran into, which put a really bad taste in my mouth for War Machine. So I completely understand how you feel about that. Will I play War Machine again? No, but I have 40K because that's something I do enjoy. And that's something that um, has good players in it. I'm not saying that every single War Machine player is like that. I'm just saying that there is a lot of players like that play War Machine. So too many for me to enjoy. All right. So we're getting pretty close to the time here. I think it's good that we talk about this. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Before we get to the giveaway, I am going to uh, talk about some upcoming stuff. First off, a recap. Recap of the Resident Evil 40k immersive narrative campaign experience it was phenomenal it was hands down the best campaign that i've ever done that i've ever participated in that i've ever had ever it was so amazing the immersion was awesome and it has inspired me to do more in the future not just more of the resident evil campaign which will be there will be a season two of it because all four players told me they want to be in the next one so i'll give them first dibs on it next next time it comes out which will be between six and 12 months from now but it's inspired me to do other immersive narrative campaign experiences and the next one that is coming up which will be in the winter time to give the potential players enough time to buy plane tickets figure out their schedules and so forth it's going to be in february and it will be a fallout immersive narrative campaign experience because this time there were items and war gear and clues all around the bunker. It's going to be the same thing. Only it's going to be more because I have learned different ideas of how I'm able to incorporate more because it's all about improvement. It's all about just uh, taking what you have and improving upon it and making it better and to make it that much more awesome for the players that come. It will be a Fallout experience. Fallout 40K, using 40K rules with Fallout miniatures that are either used from other gaming systems or converted. Um, I prefer the converted ones because then you can magnetize them, and so if you have specific weapons that you pick up, you can pick them up, and they can, they can be the weapon that you are actually playing. And there will be missions that are off... I want to say off video that are specific and specific to the people that are here physically, because that was a, that was a fun thing to do. Uh, and I did that. I did it. I converted the tournament hall into a mission. It was a mini mission and there was a reward at the end of it. Items and war gear that the players could add to their characters. <coughs> Excuse me. And that was very rewarding to see them do that. And I'm going to improve upon that as well. So, oh, so, so excited for it. I can't wait. And thank you. Big thank you to all of the players that participated in the Resident Evil campaign. Going back to that now. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I spent all week calling them by their character names. For So for me to call them by their actual names, it's not second nature. But I'll, I'll try. So thank you to Mike, Baron, Holly, and Austin. Okay, there you go. I got their names. And uh, it, it's just so much fun. And you know what? Here's the, here's the sad thing. I can't tell you too much about it because I don't want to give anything away. First off, the campaign has not been posted yet. So the actual battle reports have not been posted. So I'm not going to say anything there. Also, I'm not going to give anything away even if it was posted because then I want you to watch it and I want you to see for yourselves. And on top of that, there's things that happened that weren't on video that, were, that you could only get here in person, which is what the four people experienced that only they can experience. And I don't want to take away from their experience by 
telling you what they went through. I think it's better if they actually tell you what they went through because I, I believe that it is an experience that they will never forget. And that is my goal is to provide this for the players that come to participate in the immersive narrative campaigns. And that is another type of campaign that is being crafted here at Mini Wargaming. So that was a recap of that one. Now, next one is the Fallout one, obviously. Uh, the close to the future one is the Gorka Morka campaign. That still has some player spots available in it. So far, there are three players in it. Um, there's another three player spots, which I will accept. Now, I have more help on this one. It's Luca and I that are the content producers. So there can be a few more players in the campaign, which make it cool. This campaign, Luca and I will be building our war bands, our orky war bands with our trucks and our boys together with the players on the first day of the campaign that's all we're going to do we're going to convert up our guys second day we'll be painting and doing some demo games for those who haven't played gorka morkin before and the last three days of the campaign it's a five-day event by the way last three days we're going to be playing the games filming the videos and it's going to be a blast we're going to have a lot of fun doing it that's the gorka morkin campaign oh by the way um i was going to make a spe- i'm still going to make a specific video for this but battle foam is now a sponsor for the campaign and for each participant in the campaign, they get a battle foam bag. That's pretty cool. Also, Table War is a sponsor, so each participant will also get a Table War fat mat. I think that's pretty cool too. So that's the Gorka Morka. After that will be the Chaos Death Watch, will be the Gate of Moloch. That will be in the end of November. That's the end of November, so that's uh, two and a half months away from now. Um, that is the Black Library author, Miles Drake, written campaign that I'm looking for specific chaos players for that one. Specific chaos players. Or specifically looking for chaos players because I, I want them to have their own war bands. And we can all reach one goal together, and that is to find the Gate of Moloch so that Abaddon can open it up and get the power that's inside. That's really the goal. Or you can choose to betray him and fight him for it, whatever it is. So, what's it going to be? So, there's that. So, that's the next one that I'm doing. And then there's also, oh, let's not forget, also in October, there's Matt's Orcpocalypse that's going to be taking place on the weekend. So, it's a couple-day event on the weekend before Gorka Morka. So, picture this. The weekend beforehand, two days, Friday, Saturday, is Orcpocalypse. And the following Monday to Friday is Gorka Morka. So if you're an orc player and you want to participate in both, you can. You can absolutely do that. Now, going on to the giveaway. Chaos Havocs. So let's talk about these guys for a moment here. Chaos Havocs. First off, if you're not a Chaos Space Marine player and you're thinking about collecting Chaos Space Marines, Havocs are a great choice because you really should have Havocs in whatever Chaos Army that you are collecting. They're very good and versatile. Now, you can't just have one box of Havocs. So should you win this and it's the first box of Havocs that you have, you're going to want to get more Havocs. I'm just telling you right off the bat. Because, I mean, with this box, you can have one of each weapon, but it's better to have multiples of the same weapon in the squads. It just makes life a little bit easier. And that's what I would recommend. I'd recommend doing that. So anyway, this is what we're going to do. This is the giveaway. You guys ready? You guys ready for it? Oh. (laughs) All right. A little bit of a bait and switch there. I am still going to do a giveaway, but I'm going to do one thing. (coughs) Excuse me. One thing before I do the giveaway. Okay. We're going to do a chaos comment bomb. What is a chaos comment bomb, Dave? Well... It is where we leave comments. We're going to leave comments and we're going to leave them on a specific video. And the person isn't going to know that we are leaving comments on the video. It's going to be sweet. I can't wait. Can't wait to do it. Um, yeah, we're going to do it on this one. You know what? This is perfect. They just posted this. By the way, if you haven't participated in the Chaos Comment Bomb before, this is what it is. Leave a comment here in the chat. Brings you to a YouTube video. And just leave a comment on the video. And the comment could be something like, Dave says hi from the Shrine of Chaos. Or it could be, the Shrine of Chaos calls to you 
and beckons for you to leave your Imperium scum and collect chaos. If you say that, I won't be offended. They might be, but you know, see, that's their choice. Being offended is a choice. You have a choice there. Oh, also here. Here we go. Um, well, ultimately, just leave whatever you want. It really doesn't matter. Uh, as long as they know they've been chaos comet bombed by the Shrine of Chaos. And we got to have a lot of comments here. That's the goal. Okay. I'm going to actually click on it because I want to see the updated comments. Yes. Here we go. I'm going to click on the newest first. Yeah, that's very good. I like it. We need a lot though, okay? You got to leave a comment because without these without this comment reaching a certain point, it, it basically unlocks the giveaway at the end because this is a way of giving back to the community because without the community we wouldn't exist. And I think it's a good way of doing that to show the chaos prowess that we possess because this is what we are all about. I'm going to my favorite thing is like reloading this just to see <laughs> okay uh it's one of my favorite things to see all the new comments come on the chaos combine video especially if the video didn't start with very many this video was uploaded like an hour or so ago and it had it started with like 100 views and whatever likes now it has more so they've been chaos comment bond by the way this is norn queen alexis um alexis does a she has a podcast or she has a video, a live video, which I believe is a podcast as well. And uh, she interviewed me not too long ago, which was fun. It was a fun. We talked about some uh, books that we wanted to read together. We talked about narrative gaming. We talked about a lot of stuff. So actually one of the episodes way back in her channel, I'm featured in it. So take a look at that if you um, are so inclined and have the time. One more time to refresh just to see. If you guys didn't catch that YouTube channel, it is Norn Queen Alexis. The Eye of Terror sees you, Norn Queen Alexis, and thanks you for your existence so that we can chaos comment bomb you. All right, now going back to you guys, we're going to shift the Eye of Terror back onto you guys for a moment here because of the giveaway. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put a keyword in, and you need to type this keyword in in order to win, or have your chance of winning, rather, these Havocs. The keyword is Havocs. And if you're not sure how to spell that, it's H-A-V-O-C-S. Type in Havocs and you will be entered to win and you will enter yourself in to win these Havocs. And the rule with the giveaways is there's got to be at least 88 people that put this in. Because if there aren't, then Corn obviously doesn't want it. You got to have at least 88 before I'll even consider rolling for this because I click on roll it and it shows us who a winner is. We're at 70. We got there pretty quick. We got to get some more. We need at least 88. That's the rule. That's the only rule that exists. Well, no, there's two rules. In Fight Club, you're not supposed to talk about it. And the second rule is you're not supposed to talk about it. And the first rule of the Shrine of Chaos is you can't collect Tao because if you do, you're not invited and you're not allowed in. Rule number two is at least 88 for giveaways. 88 eligible users. See, we're 86 right now. And I bet you within the breadth of this sentence, there's going to be another couple people. And then I will be able to click the button. But, oh, see, I just took a breath in and it didn't happen. Which means Zinch didn't quite want it at that time. We're at 87. If you put a 1 at there, it's 187. I think that's like the criminal code for murder or something like that. In fact, I think there was a movie made about it. it was Samuel L. Jackson back in the 90s, I want to say. One more person? Can one more person? All is chaos. I see your name there. You haven't put in Havocs? Maybe you didn't spell it right. H-A-V-O-C-S. That is the proper spelling. That's what you got to do to enter to win. We just need one more person. Literally one more person. There we go. We are at 88 eligible users. We're going to do it. You guys ready? Oh, now we're at 89. See? Getting overzealous. I'm going to click roll it. Congratulations, Battle Brother Seraphin. Because Battle Brother Seraphin, you are the winner. You are the winner of this box. And I am going to type in your name here, Battle Brother. 
Battle Brother Seraphim. Okay, I just uh, I just sent you a message here. Send me a message back on Twitch. Make sure to put your name and your address and what you won. Because if you don't, the chances of it getting to you are lessened because of, you know, mix up in the warp. But if you're specific, then you'll know. Message me here on Twitch, and then we can go ahead and do that. So things that we're going to look forward to in the future. First off, more Shrines of Chaos, because this is amazing. Thank you guys for your support. And I got to just have a shout out again for the supporters. Malicious91, you're amazing. Thank you very much for supporting the show. White Metal Games, check out my White Metal Games. If you want your minis painted, check out what they got. Go to mini or go to whitemetalgames.com. Pretty sure they have a Facebook page too. Check them out, see their minis. Um, Turtle Hacker 107, you're amazing. Thank you for your support. And Jack Harrington 2003. Jack, without you, we've got less Jacks in the world. That is not an untrue statement. That is very true. I speak the truth. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much for your support. <coughs> Itchy cough coming back. Hopefully that's gone next week. We will be doing more Shrines of Chaos in the future because the Eye of Terror sees all and kind of addicted to it. So I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. That's you guys. Stay tuned next week and happy wargaming.